It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Raider Nation, mailbag edition of Silver and Black today. Coming back at you with my broadcast partner, Mo Moten. He is the national writer over at Bleacher Report, NFL writer that is. Also, the Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. Make sure you read his stuff. It is worth all of your time uh, as well. Follow the show, SNB Today, on Twitter. Follow me at LV Gully. We love interacting with folks uh, as well. All right, we're going to get into these into more questions here and sort of e- end it again. And I had a question that we queued up. You can see it on the graphic was about Josh Jacobs being hurt. If he plays like that hurt, he can be hurt anytime he wants to be because it doesn't matter. Uh, but we're going to get into one more question it has more or two more questions. Actually, it has to do with coaching Mo. This one says, Hey, guys, why did John Gruden get a pass from fans in year one? But Josh McDaniels is already hated by the fan days fan base he needs more time that's from Lori in fresno and actually mo while you're out i had a conversation a couple actually online on twitter about this because fans i mean it was it was a few games in and i know expectations were high okay but expectations were high with gruden and i I think i know the answer to this but i'll let you answer which is this idea that josh mcdaniels after four or five games needed to go He was fired. National media was reporting what a disaster he was in Las Vegas. Meanwhile, you go back to John Gruden's first year. He trades away Khalil Mack (laughs) with Reggie McKenzie, right? They get rid of him, their best player, and underperforms on the field too, and nobody questions it. Tell me, what is the genesis of that? What is the core of why Raider Nation was so quick to turn on Josh McDaniels but not on John Gruden? Two parts here. Number one, I I say both – both relate to this one word, past, well, two words, past history. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels doesn't have a very good past history. We know what happened to him in Denver. Didn't last long. Drafted Tim Tebow. People bring that up all the time. Oh, he's the guy that went up and drafted Tim Tebow, and he flamed out. And that was a decade ago. They won't let that go. So that's number one. <laughs> so they remember that, and they go, it's happening again. He's still a bad head coach. Number two, the nostalgic effect. People remember John Gruden, and I remember John Gruden from my younger days watching the Raiders. Now, he didn't win a Super Bowl with them, but he had some relative success. They had some playoff wins with John Gruden. So when you think of John Gruden, you think Raiders, the whole Chucky persona. He had some prior success. He had a lot more success prior than Joshua Daniels. John Gruden, by the way, won a Super Bowl with the Bucs, if you don't remember that Super Bowl. Probably don't if you're a Raider fan, but he won a Super Bowl. He was a Super Bowl winning head coach, and he had prior success within the organization. Josh McDaniels played for an arch rival and flamed out really quickly. So there's there's your there's your short answer. Is it's the past history is there. So they're not willing to give a guy who failed before a second chance. Because as we all know, when you go on Twitter, you go on social media, if you fail once, people say you're a bum forever. You can never redeem yourself. So that's part of the reason why t- uh, fans have said, look. If it's not working from the first few games, we got to cut ties. And I've always said that that is the wrong approach because turning over at the head coaching position, turning over anywhere in the organization has not worked out in the Raiders' recent history. No, it has not. Absolutely. 
Uh, great question again as well. That was Lori. I love it. We're getting at least one question from a female Raiders fan, and and I know our audience is primarily guys. It just you, you can tell that from the data, from the podcast, and from the video. But more and more uh, female Raiders fans are engaged. It's all because Mo is single. I'm convinced of that. <laughs> Stop it. And no, to be honest with you, to be just to be honest, really quick. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of you know not people going to take people may take this the wrong way but there are actually a lot of knowledgeable female raider fans out there Absolutely. that know a lot more than you would think you would think oh they're they're just out there watching the the, the players in the jerseys no they they can break things down too and I, I see it a lot on twitter and that's why i also interact with them a lot on twitter yeah just to show the guys like look this is not just a you know a, a guy thing you know right. women can get involved and they they ask questions and they have a lot of knowledge too course well that's because you're not a misogynist which is good for the show by the way um but no absolutely and we'll save it because during the off season as things slow down the show continues and one of the off season shows i will get somebody from the nfl to talk about the growth of the nfl uh or somebody from the tv network somebody because it's it's unbelievable how women even merchandise right the, you've seen the whole line of merchandise for women because women are, are are huge nfl fans and obviously Lori and Fresno as well. Really quick, not to go yeah. off on a tangent, but just a really quick note. You know, the the first person to take me to a sporting event, which was in the game, was my aunt. She's the yeah. one that got me into sports when I was, you know, a kid and playing outside. And she introduced me to the world of sports, NFL, hockey, basketball, I mean, you know, baseball, all, yeah. all the stuff. She's a diehard Met fan, you know, so I credit her for that. It, it wasn't my dad that got me into sports. It was actually my aunt. Yeah. That's awesome. No, a lot of people with similar stories. Uh, my mom loved Joe Namath and Joe Montana. Uh, <laughs> and she got sports uh, uh, via osmosis from my dad, but nonetheless. All right. Thank you for your question, Lori. We appreciate it. All right. The last question of the day before we get out of here, it says, Mo and Scott, love the show and glad the band is back together. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, why do the Raiders coaches do so few interviews? When I was younger, it seems like coaches uh, seeked out those interviews. Thanks, and hope you're doing better, Mo. That's John in Henderson, right? The home of the Raiders. Um, Thanks, John. Asking, uh, asking about the interviews. Yeah, thank you, John. I appreciate you asking about Mo. And uh, it's a good question, and we've talked a little bit about this in the past, Mo. And uh, I'll get your reaction to this, but a couple things that I would say to you, John. Number one is the way the media has changed, right? So shows like ours on a big national podcast network um, didn't exist when you go back even, geez, 15 years ago, really. I mean, they might have been around a little bit, but not to the scale they are now. Number two, you have fan-based media, right? So you have fans doing great media, like our good friend Murph at Murph. Raiders Fan Radio, who's on. And there's a bunch of folks out there we interact with in the, in the um, fan media world as well. And then the biggest difference is technology. And I'll tell you why I say technology. Because the NFL is now its biggest own network, not only on TV, but every... Every football team in the NFL, their website is the highest traffic website when it comes to news about their team, okay? So they own it, number one. They make money off it, number two. And number three, they control the story, right? So for people who are being objective, and it's I'm not putting down the Raiders for not being objective. It's their business, okay? But what has happened is you get interviews with coaches and with Dave Ziegler, um, in the Raiders' case— with people they know are going to be friendly. Uh, and I'm not saying they're dodging it per se. It's just the way the world has changed, Mo. People don't, the media does not have the same type of control 
because let's call it for what it is, that they used to. So coaches don't have to get their message out or promote their team through independent or objective journalists per se, because they have a whole studio built right in their own building, their own reporters, their own staff. So why would they do those interviews? What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, why walk through a field of hot coal when you can uh, <laughs> just do an interview on a soft landing where you're not going to be pressed on certain things? Now, I'm not, as you said, I'm not saying you know Raiders uh, personnel and organization people are ducking the media, but no. it's also you got to understand that when you go out with these, some, sometimes you don't know what you're getting. These Dave Ziegler is obviously busy trying to build a, a, a Super Bowl winner with the Raiders, so he doesn't have time to vet this uh this this podcast this show our show who is scott go branson who is mo moton you know you, yeah. you don't know what you're, what you're exactly. walking into when you get on some of these shows at least with a mike silver who he has a relationship with i believe mike silver mentioned it that he's had private conversations with josh mcdaniels and and uh, dave ziggler before he had dave ziggler on the volume so as you said if you're go- walking into an environment where you're comfortable with the person you're more likely to sit down with that person and have an interview just think of it as anyone else. Even I'll, I'll personalize it a little bit. Like even with me, sometimes people want to have me on the show to talk Raiders or NFL matters. If I'm not really familiar with the show, I may be a little hesitant to go on the show if I'm busy. But if 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 Q Myers, if, if Q Myers was able to have me on his show, right? Of course, that's not the case right now. But if Q Myers mm-hmm. uh, sent me a text say, "Hey, I want to have you on." I've known Q for years, so I'm like, right. of course, Q. There's trust. You know, I, I, you know I'll, there's trust. There's a trust level there. But if some person out of no, out of nowhere, it's like, hey, I want you to have you on the show. I, then I have to vet. I have to look at the show. Are they going to try to set me up to say something that I that they want me to say? Is there some type of you know motive behind it? These are things that you have to consider when you're a person uh, considering a, an interview or going on a show. So I'm sure. Me, I'm a low-level guy, but I'm sure Dave Ziegler, who's a GM of a football team, right? You know, he has to be very picky and choosy about where he goes and where he talks. Well, and that's why it's hard. I mean, even some even some beat writers uh, for some of these teams don't get the access they used to. It's just not the same anymore because the NFL is its own biggest media member, so they can control. And again. You go back 30 years ago, the NFL needed the daily newspapers. People read daily newspapers. They don't read daily newspapers like they used to. Yes, they read them online, but their imprint and their impact are far, far smaller. So, yes, that's why NFL Network, that's why the ESPN, ESPN, who pays billions of dollars to broadcast the NFL, will get interviews. They just do. Not that some of these men and women don't develop relationships that lead to those interviews because they do that as well. But it just comes down to it. The NFL now can can get to you, the fan, directly with the message they want to without having to go through us. And so mm-hmm. that's as simple as I can put it. I'm not saying that that's always best for you, the fan, because I think sometimes you want some different answers. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, it's an entertainment product, and they're going to give you what they believe to be is the best sale point. So um, that's how it all works out. But that's just the way things have changed. All media has changed. 
And that's uh, no different in the world of NFL football. You got to right. protect your brand. You got to protect, you gotta protect your brand. Exactly. Well put. Well put. All right. That's going to do it for Mo and I on this Wednesday edition of the Raider Nation Mailbag. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll turn our uh, focus to the Raiders ahead. We'll give you the latest news on rosters, injuries, and more information as they head into their big game at home at Allegiant Stadium against the Los Angeles Chargers. A chance, Mo, for this team to move into second place in the AFC West. As crazy as that sounds, Chargers coming off a big uh, last-minute win against the Arizona Cardinals, of course. It's going to be a tough game for the Raiders, uh, but one that's got a lot on the line. A lot on the line, and it's in a winnable game. Um, not because the Raiders played the Chargers close. It's because the Chargers' run defense is still atrocious, and with the way Josh Jacobs is playing, uh. gives the Raiders a pretty good chance to come out on top. It does uh, as well. We'll talk about that and have really fun. Mo, glad you're back for your second show in a row. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Thursday. Hopefully I haven't pissed off too many fans with my Derek Carr takes <laughs> and my rants. And they're like, oh, Mo, go back into where you came uh, from. Go back into your cave. We don't need you. We like Scott Solo a lot better. Yeah. A after after all, Mo, you're a New Yorker. So it's part of your job to piss people off. I mean, that just comes with the territory of being from New York, right? Doesn't it? I mean, I think it does. Uh, but no, it's all great. It's great to have you back. Uh, and we look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Also, make sure you do me a favor. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching us there, hit the notifications bell. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, that's what helps out Mo and I the most are those downloads. We're number three out of all the NFL podcasts in the Odyssey Network, just behind the Cowboys and the Eagles podcast. So help us do better there. Turn on the auto downloads as well. So we appreciate that. Until tomorrow, uh, this has been Silver and Black today. Mo Moten, Scott Branson. We will talk to you on your Thursday. Take care, everybody. <laughs>